0: Well, we welcome everybody that is on live stream. We welcome you to the services as well. Thank you for being here tonight. I know that it's uh, it started out being a cold one. It's ending up being a cold one, and they say it's going to get colder. I thought when I left Massachusetts that we left all of that. And we did not bring it with us. Hallelujah. Well, how many of you know that uh, Wednesday nights has been a night where we've been being ministered to concerning the uncommon things? You know, God has so many things that He is doing in this time right now in the season that we're in. How many of you really believe that we're in the last day? I believe without a question that we have stepped in to, I believe, in the last of the last days. When the great outpouring of the Spirit of God is going to transpire and take place. As it says in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. If you want to turn there in your Bible. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. They'll put it up on the screen. It says, Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, His going forth is prepared as the morning, and He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former reign unto the earth. He's going to come as the latter and the former reign. In the book of James, chapter 5, James picks up basically this same prophetic utterance that has been given by, by the prophet Hosea. And he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. I mean, you know, there is a collision that has taken place in the spiritual atmosphere of the latter rain and the former rain. They're colliding together and creating this atmosphere that we are tapping into. We're beginning to tap into this atmosphere. How many of you were here on Sunday morning? How many of you know that miracles, signs, and wonders were beginning to transpire and take place? Many people got in an instantaneous touch. And how many of you know that everywhere that Jesus went, everything was instantaneous? There really wasn't any real pause uh, in, uh, in Jesus' ministry. Except In several places, it said, within the selfsame hour. Nonetheless, they happened... Really, they began to happen immediately, and some of them had a little bit of a delay, but not not much of a delay. And that's the season that we're stepping into. It's really an uncommon season. It's it's uncommon to the world. It, it's happened before, but it's going to happen in a greater force than it's ever happened before in the history of the world. A great outpouring. It's not just a little dab that'll do us, that'll just get, get us from one... Uh, revival to another revival. This is a revival that's going to have lasting effects upon humanity. Millions and millions of souls are coming into the kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. Millions and millions of souls are going to be healed, delivered, set free at the very mention of his name. It's just amazing what God is setting up. And guess what? We're the ones that get to set it up. We're the ones, we're the instruments that he has called for this last day to be able to bring forth the greatest revival on this planet called earth. It doesn't make any difference what's going on on the outside. Doesn't make any difference what's happening in our nation. Doesn't make any difference about what's happening in your home. It does not make any difference. God's going to get what he has set out for, what he has prophesied and said would happen. We are in it. So that we can flow with it. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to read to you the uh, prophetic utterances that were given to our apostle. You've heard it on numerous occasions, but I want to reiterate it again. How many of you know faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing hearing by the word of God. How many of you know that prophetic utterances are utterances that come from heaven? Every word that God speaks to mankind is a, is a word that we can take to the bank and cash it in according to heaven's agenda for our lives and for those that are around us. Here's what the Lord gave uh, to our apostle. This this was uh, uh, in October of the previous year concerning the year 2021. He says, a new era has begun and more and more signs and wonders Will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, there's the condition. Those that will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow. That's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand. Everybody say, Amen. amen. For my spirit is moving, and an outpouring of my power is coming up on the land. Many triumphal victories will mark this new era. That's what I've planned, so rest in me. Miracle. After miracle. Say that with me. Miracle after miracle. Say it one more time. Miracle after miracle. That's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word, it's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass, and great things I will do. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun, and I've planned marvelous things for you in 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day, so rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. He said, Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater. And it shall not fail. Fear not nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine, and I've already won. He's already taken care of everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains uh, pertains to godliness. What else do we need him to do? He's already done it, it's already finished. When he said it, it was finished, it was finished. Everything was done. Contrary to what you'll see and what you will hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance and overflow. That's my plan. And it shall be so. It it says that the Lord spoke to him and he said, this is the year. Of the abundant overflow. How many of you received that? Amen. Then he goes on again and he says. A great shaking and a great shifting. A great displacing will take place in our nation. And not only will it happen in our nation. But it's going to happen in you and I. Don't look at me so strange. We have to be open. Open. Teachable and subject to change. He's up to some new things. And those things he's trying to get us prepared for. So it's not just going to affect our nation. It's going to affect you and I as an individual person as well. He gives the definitions. He said a shaking, the act of causing something to be removed or replaced. Shifting, the act of changing position or direction. Displacing. The act of laying aside someone and making room for another. An awakening. The act of becoming more uh, attentive to the will and the plans and the purposes of God. An outpouring. A sudden rapid flow. A sudden rapid flow. Mr. Suddenly is always rapid in what he does. He just suddenly shows up and suddenly just does Miraculous things. Actually. In this last day. It will be with or without your approval. As it was in the days when Jesus walked upon this planet earth. God moved with or without their approval. I'll read one to you in just a few minutes. Of an uncommon thing that transpired and took place. In Jesus ministry. (coughs) he says this is what you will be watching uh, what you should be watching for and what you are to be expecting as you enter into 2021 you'll see it uh, you'll see it says the lord and remember when it happens that i told you beforehand he said i'm in charge of the seasons and the times and my purposes shall be fulfilled i have the power to raise up and to bring down and no man, no government, and not certainly no adversary will stop what I have planned. So lift your hands and praise me. And know that I have everything under control. Well, lift your hands and praise him, Amen. For about five seconds here. Just praise him and thank him. Lord, we thank you. You've got everything under control. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us direction. You've given us uh, your purposes, your plans, you've let us know in advance what you're about to do and what you're about to do with it. So we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. I want to give you a couple of definitions before I go any further. I'm going to give some examples out of the Old Testament and the New Testament so that you can you can see that there are things that transpired even in those uh, dispensations of time that uh, uh, are, are phenomenal Uh, even to humanity today as we look at them. uh, They're things that you're familiar with, things that you've heard preached and everything else, but they were uncommon for the day in which they were activated and performed. In the testimony that had been given, the, the word that had been given to our apostle, he used the word era, an era of time. And what that means is simply this. I wanted to give you the definition It is a fixed point in time from which a series of years is reckoned. A period set off or typified by some prominent figure or characteristic feature. That's what an era is. Well, how many of you know that the character that we're talking about is the one who came called Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is the Messiah. He came and set up a whole new system upon this planet called earth and a new covenant in His blood. He accomplished and He fulfilled everything that was in the old so that something could be birthed new into the earth so that humanity could finally, once and for all, be able to have a personal relationship with Jehovah God. How many of you know people in the Old Testament, only kings, priests, and prophets were the ones that had access to hearing from heaven or hearing from God. But in the New Testament, everyone that is born again has the right to hear from the Lord himself. He has a personal hotline to heaven. His his ear is always open to hear what his children say. Our prayers are like sweet incense to him. And he takes them in and he receives them and he responds accordingly. How many of you know that shouldn't be uncommon to us? But in some people's lives, Christians that are going through just going through the motion of going to church and just sitting through a, a, an hour or an hour and a half of service. It's it's just their tradition that they do. But how many of you know that true Christianity is a relationship that has been developed between the Lord Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit, all three in one as we walk out our life on a day-by-day basis? How many of you know we can hear from the Lord every day of our life? We don't have to wait till Sunday. We don't have to get permission from a priest or a man of the cloth. We can hear from heaven because we know his voice. We follow his voice and the voice of a stranger. We refuse to follow anymore. There's many voices in the world. And how many of you know that even your body itself has a voice and it tries to talk to you. If you don't believe me, just the next time you go by a Dairy Queen or something like that, and see if it doesn't try to draw some attention to you. Never will forget, we were preaching in our first church that we pastored in West Texas. And and uh, I had preached uh, from the pulpit and uh, got to talking about food. And, you know, you get to talking about food, you do begin to develop appetites in people's lives, especially if you talk about things that they like. And so I got to talking a little bit about ice cream and stuff like that, uh, favorite things that we like. And I never will forget, after the service... Uh, You you know, you get what you preach After service uh, We went to the Dairy Queen My family went to the Dairy Queen When we got to the Dairy Queen Our church was at the Dairy Queen (laughs) Because they were listening intently What was being said And it attracted them And so the next thing you knew They had a drive to go To the Dairy Queen To get an ice cream How many of you, the more that you hear about the things of the Lord, it should create an appetite inside of you so that you draw closer to Him. He said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and what? Purify your hands and your minds, you double-minded. You and I should get in a position, in a place so that we can get rid of those things that so easily beset us. And so that we are attracted more to the Word of God than we are anything else in life. How many of you know that's uncommon? Some people would call you fanatic. Jesus freak. Other names. Because all you think about, all you talk about, what you're walking, where you go, you go to church all the time. I mean, you make every service, you make every prayer meeting, you do everything uh, every time the church doors are open, you want to be a part of what's going on because you don't want to miss out on anything when I first became a Christian and really got hooked in with the Holy Spirit of God, I couldn't stand the fact of not being able I was working at my regular job, and my job many times would take me and uh and I'd have to leave around you know six or seven at night sometimes later than that but Uh, on service nights, I, I tried to get off in time to be able to make it to the Wednesday night service. And if I couldn't make it, I would make it there at the end because I didn't want to miss. I wanted to see the hand of God move. I wanted to see a miracle. I wanted to see what I'd been reading about in my Bible and not just being talked about, but I wanted to see it firsthand. And after I saw it firsthand, then I wanted to do it. You, you, you never get just satisfied with just hearing about it and seeing it. Now you want to do it yourself. You want to lay hands on the sick. You want to see them recover. You want to see the blind eyes open up, the deaf ears unstopped, the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the deaf to hear. You want to see these things happen. You want to see people that are diseased to be set free. People that are bound, you want to see them loosed in the name of Jesus. I remember when we were preaching in the Philippine Islands that uh, uh, we would do open-air crusades. And uh, I mean thousands of people would show up. They'd hear about, you know, the American preachers in the area and they would come by the Thousands. You know, just to hear something fresh, something new. But when they would get there, the devil would always show his colors. He'd always act up. We had people that would squirm like snakes on the ground, trying to distract. And we'd see people going over, just praying over, not even necessarily touching them, just praying over them and see them get set free from demonic activities. The power of God was moving with authority in touching the lives of people. That's what Jesus does. An era of time. We're in an era of time. That's what the apostle, he spoke to us. He said, you are in a new era. A new era has begun. It doesn't mean that everything of old wasn't good. It just simply means we've come into another dimension of time in the things of God, and everything is stepping up. The trueness of the church is coming to fruition. We're going to be able to see the difference and we'll know the difference between sheep and goats. There's a separation that's taken place. And it's it's an important time because this is the time that the Lord was speaking of that was going to be uncommon to man. This is going to be a time that nothing is going to stop this move of God. Jesus is coming. And we're going to prepare the way for him. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to be one of the ones that helped prepare the way. So it's a fixed point in time from which a series of years are reckoned, a period set off or typified by some prominent figure or character. Or or a characteristic feature. Well, Acts 10 38 says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Everybody say, doing good. Doing good. Jesus went around doing good, but he got blamed for a lot of things that they called bad. I mean, if you know, even back then, they were calling that which was good, bad, and bad good. And that's even prominent today. We see it in our society. The word dispensation is another word I want to give to you because Paul was given a dispensation of time. What does that mean? He was assigned a specific period of time to do something. Well, I want to give you that definition It says, dispensation. Number one, it means stewardship committed unto, in this case, the Apostle Paul, to fulfill the Word of God, the fulfillment being unfolding by the completion of the divinely arranged and imparted cycle of truths, which are consummated in the truth relating to the church As the body of Christ. How many of you know that Paul laid out what the body of Christ was? He laid it out specifically. He laid it out exactly how we're supposed to flow together. How we're supposed to cooperate and work together. How we're supposed to be a joint that supplies the need, each one of us, important and valuable. Look at your neighbor and say, you're valuable to me. And then say, I'm valuable to you. And we can't sit across from one another on one side of the building to the other side of the building and not have unity. We're each important one to the other in the fear of God. We're valuable. We're important to the body of Christ. We're what's going to make things uncommon. See, we're going to create the atmosphere that becomes conducive for the Holy Spirit to do what He does best. He is Mr. Suddenly and he's a gentleman and he will not come in where there is strife, contention and division. He just won't. He'll stay. Oh, a few folks will get touched and healed, but we're not looking for just a few folks. We want to see everybody touched and healed. We want to see everybody come to the Lord. They walk in here and they don't know the Lord. We want them to be able to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Well, we're going to create that atmosphere. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by our unity, by us coming together, believing in the presence and the power of God in each one's life so that we can complete that. That's what Paul He constantly was talking to the body of Christ trying to get them to flow together and to walk together in the unity of the faith so that we could accomplish everything because we're the ones that are going to bring Jesus back. Some people think that Jesus is just waiting for God to say, well, it's April 1st, go get to church. That's not what... The Lord is waiting on. That's not what God's waiting on. God is waiting for the church to finally do her job. To finally come together in the unity of the faith so that we can see him come back. When you get to looking at it from that vantage point or from that, that viewpoint, you're important to whether he comes or he doesn't come. And I don't want to be a hindrance. Neither do I want to be a stumbling block. Don't shout me down because we're preaching good here. But it's time that your church grows up. Amen. Pulls out those baby bottles out of our mouths. Parts our mustaches. And we grow up and we begin to be mature in the things that God has called us to. Because he's called us into an uncommon arena. And that arena... Is going to become so common to you. I titled this message this way: that the uncommon becomes the norm of the day. Amen. It becomes normal. Miracles should not be something that we we get so bent out and run around the building. It's okay to run and everything else, but there comes a point where that's just normal. It, that's just what happens. Because we've created such an atmosphere that the Holy Spirit has free course. And He can go up and down these aisles. We used to sing a song years ago. Jesus is walking up and down these aisles. You know, He's He's walking up and down these aisles. We know that we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit moving in our midst and touching every life. Sunday morning, I, I know some of you, uh, after the first service, you, if you left right after the first service, there was a young lady sitting back in the back that had glaucoma. And she got her manifestation while she was sitting right there in that chair. After the service was over with, the Lord manifested Himself in her body. And there was other things that transpired and took place as well yes. that were supernatural that manifested in their bodies. So it can't be church as usual. We can't let a pandemic dictate what God has already established and made sovereign and holy. It's a divine order that He's established. That doesn't mean that we don't use wisdom. Yes, we use wisdom in things, but at the same time, we cannot hinder. The greatest place that you can learn anything should be the house of God. Amen. It ought to be necessary. Back in the beginnings of time when we established this nation, it was established around a re, uh, an understanding it's in God that we trust. And they gathered together. The church house became the courthouse. It became it became the school. The presiding official at every one of the events that transpired and took place was the pastor. He started everything off in prayer and thanksgiving to God. The cities were built around the church. Now, the church is trying to build itself around the city. We have to reverse that and come back to our roots and our foundation. And that's what God's trying to bring us back to. And that happens with prayer. That happens with preparation and study and the, of the Word and the will of God for our lives. And get ourselves positioned so that God can do the supernatural. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. How many of you want to put your hands on sick and see them healed? It doesn't even say you pray. It it says lay hands on the sick. Get your hands on the sick. You can see people in the grocery store. You don't even have to let them know who you are or, or anything else. Just walk by and if you have compassion on them, just put your hand on them. Just touch them. Just a point of contact. Just say good morning. It's nice to see you. Shake their hand. How many of you know there's anointing in your hand? It's a point of contact. A point of contact and transmission. Wouldn't it be just cool if you see them come right out of a wheelchair? Because the power of God is so powerful in your life, which it is. I mean, you house the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in your life. He didn't just come in. He didn't put a leg in there. When you invited Him in, He came all the way in. You got all nine manifestations of the gifts in your life. And how many of you know it's the manifestation that's necessary at the time that you need it? You have the potential to be able to flow in every manifestation. Now, I realize that He gives to some. There's some uh, manifestations that are more prevalent than others. But if you say, I don't have those other manifestations, then you're making a liar of the Holy Spirit who is living in your life because He is capable of doing everything that's necessary. And we have to get to a place where we avail ourselves to operate in the uncommon to this world and even to the church world today. Well, I'm not a preacher. Oh, yes, you are. You are a preacher. We've all been called to preach. We've been given the message of reconciliation. We're preachers of reconciliation. Yes, you are. Well, I don't have that good of a testimony. Yes, you do. I mean, you went from death into life. That's a pretty good testimony. Doesn't make any difference where you came from. The fact is, is that you did come from something into something else. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, says he brought them out to bring them in. He's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You may not have what we call the fivefold ministry. I'd like to bring a correction, Pastor, if it's all right. He doesn't know what I'm going to say, so <laughs> there's no place in the Bible where it says and calls it the fivefold ministry. They are ministry gifts to the body. They're callings. That God has given to specific people to function in specific mantles and offices. We we people entitled it Fivefold because it's five giftings, callings, anointings, mantles that have been placed upon individuals' lives to bring clarification to what the manifestations are. But we're all called. We're all appointed. We're all anointed to carry. It takes all of us to do this. Pastor cannot do this by himself. When the gifts are before us, we draw from the anointings that are there. Our job is to draw and then to activate the revelations that we get to touch other people's lives. The reason that you're here on planet earth Is to glorify God It's not to be a multimillionaire, And if he makes you one Wonderful We believe in abundance We think you ought to have exceedingly Abundantly and above all You can even ask or think of That's what he said That's what he wants to do and if you makes, but that's not what makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is one that's willing to step in the uncommon, and that's what they're looking for. Our young people today read us like books. They know who we are. They know what we stand for in church. We need to be the same at home as we are in church. It's gonna be the norm. I'm telling you, it's gonna be the norm. It's going to, this time is going to be the normal. And I don't think there's a person in here that does not want to see that happen, but we have to get activated. We have to get impregnated so that we can activate our pregnancy in the Word. Through revelation, knowledge, and insight in who we are and what we possess in the Lord. So that we will be willing to go out and lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. I had people come up to me in our church. Whenever I would preach this way and everything else, they come up to me and say, but, but pastor, I'm not, I'm not called to the deliverance ministry. I said, oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. Have you ever cast out a devil? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have that ministry. Well, what ministry do you have? The ministry of sitting and learning. There's time to get up. <laughs> I believe it was Watchman Nee who wrote a book. Uh, walk, no, stand, walk, run, something like that. That was his name of his book. Watchman Nee was a man that was way before his time. Everybody thought he was way out of bounds, but if you go and read his materials today, he was right on target. He was ahead of his time. Just like Paul the Apostle. He was ahead of his time. Did you know that Paul did most of his writings and materials from prison or jail? That's where he did most of his writings. And why did he do that? Because he went out and he preached the gospel, the truth. Thank God for his willingness and his obedience to be willing to walk and to operate in the uncommon. And that's what we're called to. We have to come back. The church is coming back. She's coming back. She's coming back. She's not back yet. She's coming back. She's walking back. She's moving back into her target arena. I want to give you some Old Testament examples of uncommon. You should see if these aren't uncommon. I know that you've heard these stories, but I want to read them to you again. In the Old Testament, I'd like to start at Exodus chapter 14. You're going to know the story. Exodus 14, 13 through 16. And then we're going to skip a few verses and read 21 and 22. Verse 21 and 22 of the same chapter. It says, And Moses said unto the people, He said, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show, you, uh, show to you Today, For the Egyptians, whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. How many of you know forever is a pretty long time? Forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? In other words, why are you... Why are you crying to me? You're the leader. Why are you crying to me? Well, it's because all of the people around him were bellyaching. He led them out of captivity. Their backs are against the Red Sea. Now they think that it's all over with and finalized and done. But now he cries to the Lord and he says, Lord, what am I going to do? I can't handle this crowd that's gathered around me. Everybody is in my ear they're saying, why are you take us out of this land that we were at just to bring us out to destruction? And he said, Moses, he said, why are you talking to me about this? He said, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Everybody say, we need to go forward. Forget about what's in the past. Paul said, putting behind those things which are behind me and pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We need to press ahead. It doesn't make any difference what's happened back here. How many of you know you can't change back here? All you can change is right here and forward. You can't change the mistakes you made. All you can do is ask for forgiveness... And move on with your life. Do not camp back here. Because if you camp back here, that means you're not moving forward. And what happens is, is people come in with a zeal and an excitement. And they start sitting. They sit towards the front of the church and, and, and or in the middle of the church. And, and after a, a season, if, if they're not moving forward because of the preaching of the Word of God is bringing truth... And revealing sin, we don't hear about sin a whole lot anymore. But I'm telling you, in the last days, you're going to hear about it again. Yes. I got one really good. Yeah. <laughs> I personally like a little fire and brimstone. Personally. I have a preacher friend of mine that is an evangelist. Tremendous uh, preacher of righteousness. And he is in your face kind of a preacher. I let him come to my church about twice a year. That's all we could handle him. (laughs) But I told him one day, I said, listen, if you ever stop preaching the way you're preaching right now, I'll never have you again. Preach the truth. Keep preaching. We need to hear what you're preaching. It's it's a refresher. It it, it brings back things that we need to move forward with. Paul was that kind of a preacher. Moses was that kind of a person as well. And he goes on and, and it says, he said that they go forward. He said, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. Who did he say to divide it? He told Moses to divide the Red Sea. I told you, God speaks to kings, priests, and prophets. They had an awesome responsibility to lead the people. They were the only ones that were in the lead. Today, that's not not the case. He said, take that... How many of you know God gave him a a staff or a rod in his hand and it was a point of contact to utilize the faith that God had given to him? It was just a point of contact. His staff didn't have any power in it. It was the faith that he had in his God concerning what God told him to take as an instrument in his hand. An uncommon thing. Just an uncommon stick. To utilize, and God utilized it in a mighty way. He said, Take the rod. He said, Stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. That's a pretty big order. How many of you are willing to go stand by the Red Sea? Take a rod in your hand, lift your other hand up with the rod. And divide the Red Sea. It only happened once in the history of Israel. He had been given a big job. But how many of you know God is bigger than what you can see? He had him up against the wall. But his intent, God's intent was was to get the enemy tricked into following them into the Red Sea. Because he told them that he was going to take them out of their way. Forever. Forever. And he did. And it says, And the children of Israel shall go over on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night. Now, I know in the Ten Commandments, you saw Charlton Heston whenever he stuck playing the role of Moses and he just parted the Red Sea. That's not the way it happened. That's the way movies made it. But that's not how it actually happened. Stuck out his rod, lifted up his hand, and worshipped to God. And God calls an east wind, a strong east wind, to blow all night. How many of you are willing to stay all night to see the miracle and the uncommon take place? And the people with anticipation and expectation. I don't think there probably was a person that went to sleep. With such anticipation and expectancy. Because he said stand still and see the salvation of God. Caused an east wind to blow all night. And the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry Ground. How many of you have ever been to a lake? You ever been swimming in a lake? What's in the bottom of the lake? Mud, sludge, weeds, whatever else is down in there. But yet it said that the east wind, he said a strong east wind came. Man, that was some kind of heater. It dried the land out and they went all cross on dry ground. Now, how many of you say that is uncommon? That's uncommon, but it happened nonetheless. It happened because God says, I'm going to fight your fight for you. How many of you know the battle's not yours? The prophetic utterance that was given to us by the apostle said, we're not going to have to fight this thing. The Lord's in control. He's the one that he, he's put him he's put his reputation on the line God has put his reputation on the line and listen God never fails what he says he'll do he'll do it if he said he'll heal you or he's healed you he has whether you believe it or not is totally up to you but according to the word of God by his stripes you are the healed 1 Peter 2.24 is by his stripes you were healed. Passed. When? When he took the stripes. Well, pastor, I know some people that got sick and they died. So? That doesn't change the validity of the word. I know some people that never accepted Jesus Christ and went to hell. Still doesn't change the validity of the Word and what Jesus came to do. He came to set mankind free. It's not His desire that any perish, but that all come to repentance. But it's a decision that they have to make. Just like it's a decision that you and I have to make to create the atmosphere that becomes conducive for the presence of the Holy Spirit of God to move in this house. There's angels in this house. If you go back and you read a few chapters prior to this, as they were making their journey towards the Red Sea, it says that God gave them a fire by night and a cloud by day. But did you also see in the reading of that, if you went and read the whole thing and you paid really close attention, he said he gave them an angel. An angel that whenever it came time, the angel went and guarded them to where they could not see. Man, that had to be some big angel where the armies of the Egyptians could not see and neither could the children of Israel see their enemy. How many of you know if you see the enemy and you see the massiveness of them and the the artillery that they had and everything else that they were working with, that could become kind of discouraged. That's what happened to the spies that went into Canaan's fair land. They spied out the land, but they saw the giants and how great and big the giants were. Let's go on with this. So they went over on dry ground. You know the story. Let's go to Daniel, if you would, please. Daniel chapter 3. You're going to know this story. Chapter 3, verse 17. He says, if it be so, how many of you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been kind of backed up to a wall now. And we're going to find out what they're made of. We're about to find out what they're really made of concerning their God. What kind of relationship that they have with their God. They were not heeding to what had been asked by O King Nebuchadnezzar. He put out a decree and he says, you've got to do this. And if you don't do this, then we're going to destroy you. It's real simple. We've got the authority. We've got the power we're going to do whatever we feel like we need to do it says if it be so our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will and he will deliver us out of thine hand o king that's pretty bold to talk to a king he said but if not if not if not how many of you know the if is not what they were believing for? If not, he said, Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not, we will not serve thy gods. We will not. It's a choice, isn't it? Listen, I've come too far to quit now. I know too much to quit. But pastor, I'm just getting started. That's okay. Hang in there. You'll be ahead of all of us before long. Don't quit. Don't give up. We will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, as if that mattered to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the form of his vestige was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and he commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. What difference does the seven times make? The first one was going to burn them up. What difference is it going to make? But in... King Nebuchadnezzar's thinking it made him so mad. He says, just turn this thing up as high as it'll go. Just turn it up. We'll just consume them as they're thrown in. He commanded they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their hosen and their hats and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, and he rose up in haste, and he spake, and he said unto his counselors... Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto him, uh, Said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men. I see four men. I want you to get it. I see four men walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. Everybody say, they have no hurt. hurt. And the form of the fourth is likened to the Son of God. Now, how did he know, Pastor, what the Son of God looked like? This is King Nebuchadnezzar. How did he know? Well, God told him. God spoke to Pharaoh too. Pharaoh didn't obey either. Nebuchadnezzar didn't believe and he didn't accept it either at the moment. Like unto the Son of Man. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and he spake and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came forth of the midst of the fire and the princes, the governors, the captains, the kings, the counselors being gathered together saw these men. They saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power nor was a hair of their heads singed. Neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them. They were in the fire but they were not of the fire. Now I want to tell you something. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. None of your vestige has changed. Your hair's still in one place. those of you that have hair on your head. Your clothes don't smell like you're burning. There's nothing that's really changed concerning you except the fact that you have power that's really unlimited. They may not be able to see it. And they didn't see it in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I'll tell you what, when the king saw the fourth man in the fire, he got a real good clue. That something is different with these three young men and their God than anything he's ever encountered in his life. And that's what we want people to see in us. Can you say amen? Amen. The conclusion of the story is really simple. They began to do what God told them to do, to create an atmosphere that would be conducive For a time such as this. How do I know that? I know that by their response to the king. They addressed the king with authority. They addressed the king with confidence and assurity. Made him matter in a hornet. But it didn't change them at all. Because they were so built up and they were so founded. And they were so committed to their God. That they couldn't help but speak the truth. And they did it in love. This is where they stood. This is what they believed. And they were unshakable. And that's you and I. We have to be at that place in this uncommon season that God has us in to be unshakable. If you make a mistake... Brush it off, pick yourself back up, and keep moving forward. Don't go backwards. Don't get upset. If you don't like something in the church, pray about it. Pray about it. And know that you have a part. Amen. There's people that you can talk to. The vision of this house is solid, it's good. We're on target. We're moving forward. We're not moving backwards. We're moving forward. And the best is yet to come. She's a growing. We're a building. There's an old song that the children used to sing years ago. I'm going to close with this. I had a lot more to give you, but another time. There's a little song that they used to sing in Bible school. I was in Bible school as a kid because I was raised in a heathen home. But I learned about it after I got into Christianity and they began to sing it in our Bible school. It goes, It's a-bubbling, it's a-bubbling, it's a-bubbling in my soul and I'm a-singing and I'm a-shouting since Jesus made me whole. Folks don't understand it. But I can't keep it quiet. It's a bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. Both day and night. Then they sing it again. Well, it's a bubbling. It's a bubbling. It's a bubbling. It's a catchy little thing. Bubbling in my soul. I'm a singing. And I'm a shouting. Since Jesus... He made me whole. Folks don't understand it. But I can't keep it quiet. It's a bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. Both day and night. God bless you.